Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Randy, we're going to uh, resurrect some of our old topics. One of the things that uh, I think is interesting is that in the history of doing this show, our audience has expanded. Uh, So we're kind of assuming that some of the topics we did in the early days uh, were not heard by as many people. Yeah, I think you're right about that. So, And uh, some of the early shows we turned into uh, CDs, which are available, but we're going to pick out a couple of those topics over the next few weeks that uh, are oldies but goodies and uh, revisit them. Yeah, kind of because they were some of the first ones we did. We must have figured that you know some of them were critically important. So uh, today we're going to revisit our teaching about masturbation. Well, Mark, I think uh, it's good for the listeners to know too. Uh, these aren't encore presentations. This is a fresh new show, right, this is uh, new show. on this subject matter, and it's it's interesting because uh, this particular subject is one in which you I I know you get a lot of questions mm-hmm. uh, about it, and it's one of those subjects that uh, tends to make a lot of guys you know, uncomfortable maybe, mm-hmm. and yet at the same time, it's a part of their uh, their reality and part of the reason that uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're here helping them. So uh, I think you've come up with a great idea for this show. Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that when I uh, first started out speaking um, in this field, uh, there were a couple of incidences where uh, the word masturbation was objected to. Uh, my favorite story of that was uh, I was doing a speech to a pastor's conference down in Florida, and uh, the pastors uh, were there with their wives. So I guess it was a pastoral couple conference. And so I was talking about sexual addiction and, of course, talking about some of the basic building blocks of sexual addiction, like masturbation. And after the speech, uh, there was a very nice older lady. I'm guessing she was in her 60s or 70s pastor's wife that came up to me and said, uh, Dr. Laser, do you, do you know, are you aware of how many times uh, you mentioned the word or said the word masturbation in your speech? And I said, no, I'm sorry, ma'am, I'm kind of a extemporaneous speaker, so, you know, whatever I said was not planned. She said, well, you actually used the word 27 times. So she was sitting out there in the audience uh, counting the use of the word, and uh, I just, you know, ask her, you know, is this a word that uh, makes you really uncomfortable? And she said, well, yes, uh, yes, it does. And I guess I've always been taught or told that, you know, certain subjects are not, you know, uh, proper in uh, taboo to talk about uh, in polite company. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to guarantee you, ma'am, that of all the men that were in the audience, uh, 95 plus percent of them have uh, dealt with masturbation in their life. Don't you think it's important for us to talk about it? She said, well, I'm guessing that my husband is in that other 5%. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I laughed. I'm sorry, I I couldn't help myself. And I said, "Uh, have you ever asked him uh, if he's ever masturbated since he's been married? And uh, 
She said, no, I haven't. I haven't thought there was any need for that. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm not trying to stir up anything. You can decide <laughs> at your age and, you know, however long you guys have been married. Uh, you might want to leave it alone, but uh, uh, I'd be curious <laughs> to know his answer to that. Who's the elderly gentleman who's running across the parking lot right, right now? Right now, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kind of embarrassed by what his uh, wife yeah. is doing. My other favorite story about it is I was on a certain very conservative Christian radio network, and uh, <clears throat> before I went on live, the producer of the show uh, said to me, you know, uh, Mark, we're hoping that... Uh, there's certain words you don't use today, and uh, uh, one of them is, uh, and he couldn't use it. He said, you know, the M, the M, M word. The M word, if you know what I mean. And I said, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about masturbation. Yeah, he said, that's right. Don't, you know, our audience is not ready for that word. And I said, that's your opinion, but uh, I'm certainly willing to honor that boundary. Uh, what, what would you suggest I use in its place? And he said, I don't know. How about autoerotic self-stimulation? <laughs> that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> I said, I'm glad to use that, uh, which, in fact, we did. I wish I had a tape of that broadcast. But, uh, so anyway, this is a uh, topic that uh, here we are in uh, 2018 doing it, and uh, you know, I'm thankful for the day when you know, some of these uh, uh, subjects are you know, a lot easier to talk about than... They would have been in the early days even of uh, me getting involved in this field. Well, there's such a thing, of course, as freedom of speech, right. you know, and uh, this is just taking it a step further because uh, by avoiding it, you're you're kind of missing the opportunity to be effective yeah. uh, because you're, you know, you're known for getting at the heart of the matter and talking quite, uh, quite openly mm -hmm. uh, about these things. And that's where healing takes place. Healing really takes place when you are honest. Yeah. Well, you know, in fact, you know, as we sometimes do, uh, we know that there are couples listening uh, to this, and uh, as many wives listen to this as men do. Um, so I guess I've always been um, encouraging that if you're a couple listening to this, uh, I'm guessing that, you know, in the history of the recovery of the husband, uh, you know, he's been fully disclosing or honest about all those behaviors, including masturbation. But what I'm going to, you know, encourage the uh, listening audience to think about is when they were growing up, when they were children and then adolescents, you know, what were the jokes? What was the teasing? What was the information that was available to you? And for those really brave couples, I think you both could share what experience uh, you've had with masturbation. Certainly, we know the husbands always have a history with that. But I'm, I'm increasingly aware that a lot more of the younger wives, for sure, uh, have a history with it as well. So I'm just saying, um, let's be honest with each other about it and uh, try to then, of course, listen to some of the rest we have to teach about whether it's uh, uh, sometimes a healthy activity, which is uh, an opinion that's certainly out there, even in the Christian community. Well, I think you've done a great job of setting the table here mm -hmm. for the honesty of uh, what this subject is going to bring with it. And um, where would you like to start now that we have our listeners, uh, I think, well-informed about uh, mm -hmm. our subject matter today? Well, one of the places I'd like to start is by reminding our audience of something we talk about frequently here, and that is the, uh, the whole idea of when did uh, sexual arousal and sexual activity um, become a part of your life, uh, 
what age were you? How old were you? In other words, and what was going on in your life at that time that you kind of learned to associate that the neurochemistry of sexual fantasy, uh, pornography, and uh, masturbation uh, was a way that you altered your your emotions. You managed your emotions. So I'm kind of always going to return to that theme because I think it's so important in uh, getting at the deeper roots of uh, sexual addiction and how it starts. So for me, uh, I always tell the example that when I was 11, I saw my first pornographic image and shortly thereafter learned how to masturbate to those kind of images. And at the time, I was kind of a lonely boy and kind of awkward and didn't feel real accepted at school, was getting teased at school about being uh, somewhat overweight and that kind of thing. So uh, uh, the masturbation, the women in pornography, uh, it all brought to my brain, you know, adrenaline and dopamine. And uh, those two neurochemicals by themselves kind of lifted me out of my funk, so to speak. And that is the source, that is the deeper root of uh, my sexual addiction. Uh, I was listening to Greg teach this morning, or we were talking at some other point about, you know, here it is springtime and all of us get a little preoccupied. You and I were talking about this yesterday, uh, our lawns and watering our lawns and fertilizing our lawns, making sure we get all the weeds out. It's like a badge of honor that we have a completely weed-free yard. And uh, one of the things he was saying is that he's never been that obsessed with lawns. He comes from Texas where I'm guessing they maybe don't have grass I, uh, on the western part where he's from. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding all of you West Texans. Uh, but he w- he said that, you know, no matter what kind of weeds you have in your lawn, if they are basically green, your lawn looks pretty good when you mow it. <laughs> if the weeds and the grass are at the same length, yeah, it all looks lush to him. It all looks lush to him. So it could be crabgrass, it could be dandelions, it could be... A clover. Clover. As long, <laughs> it's green. As long go as, with it. Go with it. As long as it's the same height, which, of course, it lasts about 12 hours in my experience. So... Uh, yeah. your, your refer- that's, that's a great story. That yeah. Your reference there, uh, by the way, as we are recording today's show, we have our May Men of Valor three-day intensive workshop going on. Yeah, right. So Greg, who is uh, usually headquartered uh, in the Chicago area, is here, of course, co-facilitating the workshop with Mark. Yeah, well, what he was saying also is that he learned that uh, what we all know is that that doesn't last very long. So, uh, But he still doesn't take it all that seriously. But he was making the analogy that if in our recovery from sexual addiction all we ever do is... uh, cut things off at the surface, kind of a behavioral management of the uh, activities, you know, that's not getting at the real problem underneath the soil. We all think of dandelions, and, you know, we know you can go around and you can weed whack, you can, you know, cut your lawn and, you know, you get rid of all the flowers, but uh, we know that there's a root, and, uh, you know, I don't know about you, Randy, but I've spent so much time with these diggers to get the root out and various chemicals and all of that. Uh, But our recovery, and certainly the topic of masturbation, is uh, what is the root? Where does it go back to? And uh, that's something that we need to understand if we are going to, in fact, uh, 
Stop masturbating. Let's give our listeners the opportunity to think about that question okay. as we take our break right now. And when we come back, we'll continue this, this conversation. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. When life leaves you high and dry, I'll be at your door tonight. If you need help, if you need help, I'll shut down the city lights. I'll lie, cheat, I'll beg and bribe to make you well, to make you well. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. Uh, we are recording this uh, in the middle of uh, May. And uh, May what? 10th. 10th. He's, he's trying I, to I, gesture I, I held to up, me. <laughs> I, I held up 10 fingers for you. Yeah, well, okay. I didn't quite get it. but I was just... <laughs> <laughs> so it's May 10th. So this Sunday is... Uh, Mother's Day, and uh, there's been so much conversation uh, around about what are you doing for your mother. We have a colleague here who's uh, with us this week for the Ben's Workshop, Rick Underwood from Nashville. He was saying in his church tradition, on Mother's Day, it was really celebrated, and on Mother's Day, you would uh, wear a red carnation if your mother was dead and a white carnation if your mother was still alive. I had never heard of that, but... uh, the, why is it the trigger of the week? Well, uh, because for a lot of the men, their relationship to their mothers was, you know, what it was. Uh, and uh, part of the part of the answer to the question of, you know, what were you medicating uh, back when you started masturbating or looking at pornography is that we were medicating uh, some stuff that was going on or not going on with uh, our mothers. So uh, a lot of the men have particularly in the first year or two of their recovery, I think they have a hard time celebrating Mother's Day. And uh, I know that's not true for everybody, and we're certainly not making a blanket judgment, um, but I would say that uh, it's a rather common problem uh, amongst our men that uh, their mothers were just not available to them. Well, and to make that clear to to the listeners, the types of things that you're referring to is... uh, 
like the mothers that were not uh, big on on touch. On touch. There could be touch deprivation. They were not big on words of soothing or comforting. Uh, they were preoccupied. They were whatever they were. Or they themselves were depressed uh, and not available. In fact, that's part of what Greg talks about, you know, with his mother. And uh, so, anyway, uh, I'm just pointing it out that if you're having a hard time standing at uh, the Hallmark section of uh, Walgreens, uh, picking out a Mother's Day card, uh, that might be a trigger. And the association in your brain from the older days is the way I medicate this trigger is by imagining and, and uh, uh, masturbating to images of women who at least seem to you uh, to be a lot more comforting. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's the trigger of the week. Well, let's bring our listeners back then to our conversation uh, today about masturbation. Well, again, to reemphasize uh, for the listening audience, uh, I think it's important to share with your community uh, maybe as spouses, you know, for sure, when you started masturbating and what was going on in your life. How did you hear about it? Who showed uh, you? It's amazing to me how many of the men that come here, uh, they were introduced to it by someone uh, performing it on them first, uh, an older brother, a cousin. I had this week two guys uh, who were new uh, whose babysitters uh, uh Teenage girls showed them how to masturbate. So, you know, there could be, in your story of when you started, you know, some kind of actual abusive experience that was a part of that. You know, a lot of the men, though, they they were just talking about it, curious about it. Guys were maybe demonstrating it uh, kind of in terms of hand motions, uh, and they figured it out. There, There's a whole big group of guys that, you know, they woke up one night with that... Uh, um, nocturnal erection, and uh, they figured out uh, by touching themselves somehow it produced, you know, an orgasm. And I think a lot of men, uh, that first experience, they, uh, if they hadn't been educated, which, you know, 99% of them hadn't, you know, it, it kind of scared them. You know, what was, what was seeping out here? You know, do I have, you know, cancer or something? Uh, so this first experience of, of masturbation you know, uh, could have some significance in terms of understanding, you know, what you need to heal around it. Um, so now the question becomes, and, you know, this is going to be uh, more than a, a one-time show. We're going to make this at least a two- or three-part series. The question becomes, is there something about masturbation that is sinful? So maybe today we can at least address the fact that, uh, unfortunately, uh, the Bible never mentions it. There's only one reference that people sometimes point to, uh, and that's about Onan, who in the interest of not committing a more egregious sexual sin, uh, uh, the Bible puts it uh, that he spills his seed upon the ground, which I'm sure is a reference to masturbation. Uh, so, But that's the only thing that's pointed to. There's certainly nothing in the teaching of Jesus or nothing in the teaching of Paul specifically mentioning masturbation. Now, when we say there's nothing specific in the teaching of Jesus about it, I think there actually is, if you consider the fact that Jesus talks about the fact that if you lust after other women in your heart, you so much as commit adultery. And then, if you accept that as being a truth, uh, then the question becomes, when you are masturbating, what and who are you thinking about? And uh, 
you know, I think the vast majority of men would would uh, understand that since they've been adolescents, you know, they've been thinking about pornographic images. They've been thinking about, you know, women in their in their world, girls at school or, you know, other women or whoever else it is. So, you know, if you could honestly say that uh, you don't have a lustful image in your brain when you masturbate, then I suppose you could say that masturbation is okay. But uh, the first challenge that maybe we should uh, kind of just emphasize today is uh, there is obviously a correlation between your fantasy life and masturbation. And your fantasy life, according to Jesus, if it involves lusting after women you're not married to, you know, that is definitely the same as adultery. So at that point, masturbation becomes adultery. Now, I've heard you say in the past, when uh, when talking about uh, this subject, when you're talking about fantasy and a guy will say to you, uh, when I fantasize, I fantasize about my wife. Right. And uh, and isn't that a safety zone, you know? Yeah. And and then you come right back with the question, how old is she mm-hmm. in that fantasy? Well, you know, for a lot of us, like myself, uh, here I am, 68, Debbie is 68, I guess now too. Now that I think about it, she had her 68th birthday. Uh, she's about nine months younger than I am. That's why I'm sounding confused. But uh, when I first met Debbie, uh, she was 17. And uh, so, you know, I've known her for a long time. She was a cheerleader at the time. She was one of the more popular girls at school. So she was, you know, youthful and everything. And uh, we didn't have sex until we got married. So now she's 21. Uh, So, you know, it could be that if I decide to rationalize masturbating, I could rationalize thinking about Debbie, but in all likelihood, my mind is going to stray back to the Debbie I knew when we were 21. That che- that cute, popular cheerleader. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, which is unfair to her today, you know. Sure. Uh, so, uh, I would say that in terms of thinking about your wife, that's one question. How old is she in your fantasy about it when you're masturbating? The second one is... Um, what kind of sexual activity are you engaged in? And so many men uh, say that uh, when they're fantasizing about their wife, uh, she is doing some uh, sexual activity that historically she has not been otherwise willing to do. Uh, I'll be honest, and we're being honest today, and we're getting kind of down to the nitty-gritty. You know, I mean, one of the more popular ones is uh, oral sex. And uh, so... We're really not talking about the fact that this is outside of marriage here. Uh, so technically, it doesn't qualify in Jesus' definition as adultery. But what I think is uh, just as big a problem is that it's really unfair to your wife. It's uh, not uh, who she is uh, today and not who she, what she's willing to do today. So it just kind of makes you... If you're masturbating to those kind of images, it kind of makes you inherently dissatisfied at that point with uh, marital sexuality. I think this is, I don't know if this is a good place to stop, by the way. Well, we can, because as you said, I think the subject is one that is multifaceted and uh, and uh, will take us uh, more than one or two shows. As you said, it, it may be a three-part series. And uh, I think that uh, you've introduced the subject again, and uh, especially to the new listeners we have. But we're very encouraged, I must say, by the growing number of listeners that we have uh, with each week's show. And we're really appreciative of uh, 
uh, of that of that fact. So for today, let's wrap that up. Do you have a closing uh, summation statement that you want to say about that? Well, I guess my closing statement is that if your vision is to have a healthy uh, sexuality with your wife, and our definition of healthy sexuality is that it's an expression of the emotional and spiritual connection between you two, then uh, fantasizing and masturbating uh, is not consistent with that. You want to be fully present in the room with your wife at whatever age she is, and you want to be looking into her eyes, and that's what you want to be seeing. Masturbation is terrible training for that. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope that this uh, series, uh, if you missed it the first time around, which was uh, a couple of years ago, and yet we continue to get questions about this subject. I know that Mark does every time that we host the Men of Valor workshop. Uh, we hope that this series will be helpful to you. Uh, until next week, we hope that this coming week is a week for you that's filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.